And now, a message from Pastor Josh Carmody. Starting a new sermon series. It's the month of December, and it's called The Way. Look at all that snow. Don't we love snow? You guys love snow because you're still here, so um, you, you showed up. So, talking about The Way, and, uh, and we're going to read some scriptures here this morning that talk about how Jesus Christ is the way and the truth and the life. And uh, during this, this month of December, you might have heard us uh, say the word Advent. And uh, that word Advent, it means the arrival. Um, it means the appearance, the emergence of something. And, and so it's really easy to think about back in like the mid-90s. Do you guys remember the advent of the internet? Yeah. Dial-up? You guys remember? Who remembers dial-up? Right? It, and it's like, what are you doing? Right? But it was calling. But So dial-up internet and you get blazing speeds of like 60 kilobytes or something. I mean, just awesome. You could send emails in about two and a half minutes, and it was just wonderful, right? And uh, so that was the advent. It was the, the beginning. It was the arrival. It was the appearance of the World Wide Web. Wow. I don't know who invented it. Al Gore thought he did. I'm not sure who invented it, but somebody invented it. And, uh, and now we have it, and it's much better and much faster, and we have it on our phone. This right here, an iPad. This thing advented, it arrived, it appeared, it emerged, I believe, because this is in a game that my children and I play called Beat the Parents, and it's a trivia game. You get better at it the more you play because then you start remembering the questions. You don't really get smarter, you just remember the questions. So this advented in 2008. Can you imagine that before 2008 we never had an iPad? How did we live? We survived. And so this idea, so advent, we're, we're talking about the advent of, of Jesus Christ. So the appearance and the emergence, the, uh, the, the Jesus coming to this earth as a baby. So that's what we celebrate the four Sundays uh, in December and leading up to Christmas Eve. We have Christmas Eve services and uh, Advent ends at that point. And so that's what we're going to talk about the next few weeks is we're talking about how Jesus Christ came as a baby, as the newborn king, and he came to set us free. He came to radically change our lives. And so if you're sitting in here today and you say, Josh, I know this because I have been saved and set free and Jesus loves me and I have accepted him as my savior, then you know that what I'm saying is true. And you're shouting about it. (laughs) That was a cue. Uh, If you're sitting in here today and, and you're saying, well, I haven't made that decision to follow Jesus Christ yet. I want you to know that hopefully by the end of the day, we're going to give you an opportunity. And if you're still not ready, that's okay. This is a place where you can explore your faith. This is a place where you can come and not be judged and not be condemned. Like we say in the video that no matter who you are, what you've done, we love you and accept you just as you are. And so we want this to be a place where you can come as you are and learn about who Christ is, get to know some pretty fun people and continue on in all that God has for you. So this Advent season we're, ta- season, we're talking about the way. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Let's read this in John chapter 14, uh, verses 1 through 7. It says this, Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There's more than enough room in my Father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know that the way and you know the way to where I'm going. No, we don't, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you are going. So how can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth and the life. 
No one can come to, can come to the Father except through me. And then he says, if you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And so we find these scriptures in John uh, chapter 14. And we see this in the Bible. And the time that was going on in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels, the good news, it talks about Christ. You'll find the words that Jesus Christ spoke himself. You'll find them in the New Testament, in those four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If you have a Bible, if you don't have a Bible, we have some out at the Welcome Center. But in most Bibles, when you're reading in the New Testament, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, and you see red, Anybody ever seen red in your Bible? I'm like, what is going on? That's Jesus talking. And so those are the words of Jesus. And so here's Jesus talking, and, and he's talking to his disciples. And this is all going on uh, at a certain time during this thing called Holy Week. Everybody say Holy Week. Holy week. So this last week before Jesus Christ is crucified, before he dies and is buried, and don't worry, three days later he rises again. We all hopefully know this story, and if you don't, you're hearing about it now for the first time, so be excited because Jesus was dead, but now he's alive, all right? So that's good stuff. And, uh, and so that last week, Jesus rides into town on a donkey. It doesn't seem very triumphant, but he comes in on a donkey, and the, the people in Jerusalem are just going crazy. They're just praising him and Hosanna in the highest, and, and they're, just, they're, they're just Hosanna, 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 and they're just saying all of these praises and glorifying his name and they're throwing down uh, palm branches and they're throwing down their, their like tunics and their coats and different things and he's walking through and everybody is celebrating and having a good time and, and a week later, a few days later, Jesus would be put to death on a cross. But this is what's going on. There's this triumphal entry. He's preaching. He's teaching. He's, he's talking with people. He's healing people. He's spending time with his disciples. And he's spending time with them, and there's a thing called the Last Supper, and he's washing their feet, and, and he's talking to them about how he's going to be leaving soon, but they can't go with him. And then one of his disciples, Peter, he's like, Jesus, wherever you go, I will follow you. And Jesus is like, you really don't know what you're talking about, Peter. In fact, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be gone, and you're going to deny that you even knew me. And he's like, what? Right? I mean, this is, so these are some of the things Jesus is telling his disciples. This is the, the guy that they've been hanging out with for a few years now and seeing him heal people and see him do miraculous things and, and give sight to the blind and multiply some fish and some bread and give it, uh, just pray over it so that it can feed 5,000 people and see him do all of these miracles and these miraculous things. And now they're hearing him talk about how he's going to leave and how they can't go with him and how they're going to deny that he, that they even knew him. And so we pick up in John 14, and that's why Jesus tells them, he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be confused. Don't be anxious. I mean, he gave them some reason to be anxious. He says, I'm leaving you, and you can't go with me. And they've been, they, have, they left their jobs. They left their family. They left their home. They left everything to follow Jesus. And now he's saying, see you later. Can't go with me. What do you mean I can't go with you? I thought this was the plan. Like, we're going to go, like, do some amazing things and, like, take over the universe, right? I mean, that's what I thought we were going to do. And Jesus says, well, where I'm going, you can't go. And so they were troubled. They were confused. They were anxious. And that's why in verse 1, he says, don't let your hearts be troubled, but instead trust in God. And then he says, trust also in me. So he says, trust in God and trust in me. And here's the thing. When we trust in God, it turns our confusion into confidence. 
When we trust in God, it takes our confusion, our anxiousness, our, our troubles, our, our fret and worry, and it turns it into confidence. Not confidence in and of ourselves, but a confidence that says, I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to trust in God, and I know that He knows what's going on. That I can't make sense of this situation. I don't know why this is happening. I, I wish I could figure this out. I wish I could just tell this person to figure this thing out. I don't know, how, but I'm gonna, instead I'm going to give it over to God. Instead, I'm going to trust in Him. And then the confusion leaves because we're not trying to fix it, and we have all the confidence in the world in God. Because He said, trust in me. He'll take care of it. He knows what's best for us. So trusting in God turns confusion into confidence. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. So if there's confusion, if there's anxious, if there's trouble, and you say, I don't know the way, I don't know where to go, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And then don't lean, don't rely on your understanding. Because if your understanding is anything like mine, you get it wrong sometimes. But instead, do what he's called you to do. Put the path that he's placed in front of you. And so he tells them, he says, don't be worried, don't be troubled, don't be anxious, but trust in me. He, then he goes on to tell him, he says, listen, there's a place for you with God for all of eternity. He says it this way. He says, there's more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything's ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And so we see this, that there's a place for us with God for all of eternity. What's he telling them? He's saying, listen, guys, I know you're afraid. I know you're scared. I know you're troubled right now. But listen, I'm leaving, but I'm not abandoning you. See, there's a difference. Like, I left my house this morning, but I didn't abandon it to take care of itself forever. I'm going back there later, right? We, we leave, we go, and we're going to see people at Thanksgiving and Christmas, and we're going to leave our family and our friends, but we're not going to abandon them. They're just a phone call away, thanks to the iPad that came in 2008. We can FaceTime them. <laughs> Facebook has something out called Portal now. I have no idea what that is and why it's any better than a tablet, but we'll go with it. There's so many ways to just stare at other people and see them. You, you can leave them, but you don't have to abandon them. And that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, listen, I'm leaving. You can't go with me right now, but I'm not abandoning you. I'm taking care of you. There's a place prepared for you right now in all of eternity in heaven. There's a place prepared for you right now. I'm not leaving you. I'm, not, I'm leaving you, but I'm not abandoning you. I'm not going to, because think about it. They've been with him now for a few years and they've relied on him and they've left everything behind and now he's leaving. You're abandoning us. You're just leaving us to fend for ourselves. And he says, no, I would never do that. I've prepared a place for you. There's a plan for you. God the Father loves you and cares about you. You are not abandoned. Look at what Deuteronomy 31 says. Be strong and courageous and do not be afraid and do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Listen, guys, we need to hear this tonight because maybe you're today, not tonight, today, today, we need to hear this because maybe you feel anxious about something. Maybe you feel troubled about something. Maybe there's something that is out of your control to be able to fix or to be able to understand. And today you simply just need to trust in God and know that he will, neither, he will never fail you or abandon you. 
That's good news. He will, I mean, if it says it in his word, it is truth. And this is what it says. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. That's good news. Our God does not fail. Whatever he sets out to do in your life and in my life, he will accomplish. He doesn't fail. He doesn't give up when we want to give up. He still doesn't give up on us. He doesn't abandon us. He keeps on moving with us. He loves us and has a plan for our lives. Amen? Amen. He never abandons us because he has a plan for us to live with him for all of eternity. And then I like this. He tells him, he says, listen, you know the way to where I'm going. He just tells him. He says, you know where I'm going. He says all these things. I'm leaving. You can't go right now, but you know the way to where I am going. And he said this because these guys have spent time with Jesus. I mean, they spent a few years with Jesus, walking with Jesus. And if you guys read in the, the New Testament, in those Gospels that I told you about, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, if you read in those, you, you read stories after story. They call them parables. But story after story. And Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is like, or the, the kingdom of God is like this, or this is what the kingdom is like. He's, he's telling them, this is, you guys are so stuck on earthly things. This is what the kingdom of heaven is like. And he tells them, he told Peter, he said, listen, I'm, I'm leaving and you guys can't go with me and I will be crucified. And, he, and, and Peter says, that is just not true. And he says, get behind me, Satan. You know, he calls Peter Satan. And, and Peter, you know, just moments before, he says he's going to build his church and that Peter would be the, the rock of the church. And, and so they just didn't always understand what Jesus was talking about. But he was telling them all along. And he was giving them clues and he was telling them, but here's the problem with these stories and these parables. He would tell them and then the disciples would be like, oh, that's a really cool story. What's it mean? Like, I don't get it at all. Like he told the, the, a parable about the sower who took seed and sowed seed. And the seed fell on like by the wayside and some of it was with gravel and some of it was with weeds and some of it found good soil. And he tells them this story and then, you know, and he tells other people and then the supper's like, hey, you remember that story you told about like the sower and the seed? Like, what's that about? Like, are we far, do we go, do we need to go, are we farmers? Like, do we need to, we were fishermen, but do you want us to be farmers? Like, should we go buy seed? Like, what are we doing here, right? I mean, they were confused. They didn't get it. And, and, so, and so Jesus explains it. No, this is the point of the parable. This is the point of the story. We should prepare our hearts like good ground so that the words that I have spoken, the words that you will be speaking, the, the things that I have done, he says, you'll do even greater things. And so hearts need to be prepared to receive the seed. But they just didn't get it. They just didn't get it. The pieces were there, but the, the pieces of the puzzle were there. They just weren't fit together. And honestly, they wouldn't understand exactly what they were called to do until after Jesus' death and burial and resurrection and he ascends to heaven and they're waiting. And they're like, we don't know what to do, so we're just going to get together we're going to pray. He told us to wait and pray. So we're just going to pray. And then the Holy Spirit fills their life and dwells inside of them. And that day the church was born. And 3,000 people came to know who Jesus Christ was. He found, they found fertile ground. So all of those things that Jesus had been talking about, all of a sudden a light bulb turned on and Peter gives a test. And there's a story and a message. And all of a sudden all these people get saved. Isn't that awesome? I mean, that's cool. So the light bulb goes on. So he's telling them, listen, you know where to go. And, and this is my favorite. Thomas, Philip, and Judas, they all asked Jesus a question. And this is, this is Thomas's question. This is my favorite. Jesus says, hey, you know the way to go where I'm going. 
And Thomas, I'm sure, I, I can just imagine all the disciples just kind of sitting there like, okay, smiling, not. Yeah, right? Just kind of a little confused. Just kind of like, ah, we, I mean, uh, who's going to ask, right? Somebody's got to ask. It's so Thomas, here's what we, he says, you know the way to where I'm going. And Thomas speaks up, no, we don't know the way. We don't get it. We don't know the way. And then they go, we don't know where you're going. We have no idea what you're talking about. And then he says, how will we know the way? You know, we like to make fun of the disciples. It's like, man, they don't know much. They're not very intelligent people, apparently. But here's the thing. We don't know all that much either. And Jesus spells things out pretty plain for us in the scriptures. And we have all these thousands of years that we've been able to look over these scriptures and learn from the disciples. And we still don't get it all the time. We still don't always understand. God, what do you, you, you've shown us the way, but I still don't know where to go. God, God, I know you have a plan for me. I know you have a purpose for me. I know that you want this thing out of my life. I know that you want me to do this, but I just, I, I don't know how to do it. Like, what, why am I here? Anybody ever, ever struggle, ever wonder what the point is? Or God, what do you mean that you've prepared a place for me and that you know, that I know where to go? I don't, I don't even know what I'm doing. With my, I don't even know what I'm doing tomorrow. Like, I lost my keys just a few minutes ago. I don't know what's going on. Like, how am I supposed to know the way? How am I supposed to understand? I mean, one foot in front of the other, I get that, but what path do I take? And that's what they're asking. They're saying, hey, we, time out, Jesus. We don't get it. How, how, how do we know the way? And it comes back to this. Don't be troubled. Trust in God. Instead of worrying, trust in Him. Look at Isaiah 55. It's great. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. You see that? My ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than our, our, than our thoughts, than your thoughts. I have news for you this morning. God will always know more than us. I mean, that's just true. God will always know more than us. He knows more about us than we do. The Bible says he knows how many hairs are on our head. I have no idea how many hairs are on my head. Some of you, it's easier. I get that. <laughs> he also knows how many we're losing every day. I mean, he knows everything about us. He knows when we were conceived. And the Bible says that before we lived one day, all, the, all of our days were numbered and laid out. He knows the beginning and the end. He knows everything. He knows everything. He knows a lot more than you and I. We don't know when we're going to die. He does. We don't know every step that life is going to bring. We don't know everything that's going to come across our path, but He does. And He's already there preparing the way for us. God will always know more than us, and He has the best plan for our lives. And so, he asked that question. Thomas asked that question. He says, how, how can we know the way? And so then Jesus says this. He says, I am. Everybody say, I am. I am. Uh, there's seven times in the New Testament when Jesus says, I am. And this is one of them. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. He says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. And if anybody wants to get to God the Father, they have to come through me. They have to accept me. If you know me, then you know God the Father. That's what he goes on to say. If you've seen me, then you've seen God the Father. And so he says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. And so over the next 
few weeks, we're going to talk about this idea of Jesus as the way, Jesus as the truth, and Jesus as the life. This morning, I want you to think about this as we prepare for that over the next few weeks. I'm almost done, by the way, so you just have to stick with me a couple more minutes. Isn't that awesome? Okay, so Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So think of it like this. He's the beginning, he's the middle, and he's the end. Jesus is the beginning, he's the middle, and he's the end. What do you mean by that, Josh? All right, he says, I'm the way. Now, when you start on a path, there's always a beginning, right? You go hiking at Dolliver, you go drive down a road, you, there's always a start. You put the car into drive, and you hit the gas, baby, right? I mean, you go. There's a start. Jesus says, I am the way. Our life begins when we accept Jesus Christ. That's when life truly starts. You're like, but Josh, I was born like, I don't know, 20, 30, 40, 50, 70. I was born a long time ago. Yeah, that's cool. But 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says that those of us who are in Christ are a new creation, that old things have passed away and all things have become new, which means that you can be born again. Now, you don't re-enter your mother's womb. Let's not get weird. Born again. You're born again where your spirit, man, is reborn and you start a new life. And those, in order to start, and the only way to start a new, new life that will not bring you the same hurts and the same end, end game and the same outcome as, your, as what you're trying to leave, the only way to get away from that, it's not location, it's not people, it's not job, it's not any of that stuff, it is only Jesus. Yeah. He is the way. If you want to restart your life, you do it with Jesus. So he is the beginning. He is the way. And then he says, I am the truth. Well, now when we start on that path, I don't know if, you know, if you're trying to get somewhere, if you're driving your car, we can keep using that analogy and you get onto a road. Are there or are there not a lot of turns along the way? If you're trying to get to whatever, you got to hit the right exit and you got to make this turn, you got to make that turn. If you make the wrong one, you end up way far off course, right? And so he is the truth. He helps us stay on course. He shows us that while we are on this path, while we are going towards Him, while we are on the way to Jesus Christ and living our lives for Him, He gives us truth in His Word that says, hey, follow these things. These are, these are basic instructions before leaving earth, as they say, the Bible. These are ways for you to be able to learn how to live. And there's truth in here. And in a world that hates truth, I don't know about you, but I have to cling to the truth of these scriptures. Because the world will tell me that if I stand up for these truths, that there is apparently something wrong with me, but I want you to know that's the only way that we're going to keep going. If we've started with Jesus and he is the way, he's also the truth and he's given us the word of God so that we can know how to live our lives, so we can rightly understand and know the direction to go. He's given us truth so we can follow it. And finally, he says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. So why would you put life at the end, Josh? I mean, we were born a long time ago, and then we are born again. Well, here's the thing. We all think that life is over when we die, but it's really just beginning. He gives us a life that goes beyond this life. He gives us a life that extends this life. It says, yeah, our physical body might be dead and in the ground, but our spirit man lives on. And we continue on into the life that he has for us. And it's not just for 80 years, it's forever. 
I mean, it's forever. I mean, that's life. And we think that life is over at death, but it's just getting started. We have the rest of eternity to praise Him, to, to speak of His glorious name, to bow before Him and worship Him. In heaven where there is no weeping, no crying, there is no pain or sickness, there is no mourning, there is no death, there is just life everlasting. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Revelation 1.8 says this, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord God. I'm the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come, the Almighty One. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the one who was and is and is still to come. He's the one that's brought us out of a horrible place, is doing something amazing in our life, and still has more for us in the future. He's there forever. He spans eternity. He knows the start and He knows the end and He knows everything in between. And guess what? He sees you and He sees me and He loves us and He cares for us. And He has a plan that is good for your life and for my life. And all we have to do is accept that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And then He says this, because you've seen me, because you've seen Jesus, you have seen the Father. Jesus said, I may be leaving, but you'll know the Father because of me. Even though I'm leaving, my Father is here for you. This is how he says it. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. And if you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. And he says this, from now on, you do know him and have seen. And they didn't understand this because Jesus hadn't died yet. He hadn't, he hadn't conquered sin and death. He hadn't conquered the grave yet, but he was on his way to doing that. He said, from now on, you will see the Father because I'm going to go and intercede on your behalf and I'm going to make sure that your connection to God the Father happens once again. Oh, yeah. That's what Jesus Christ came to do. If we bring this thing back full circle, Jesus came to this earth, Advent. Remember, we're talking about Advent, not crucifixion and Easter. But you can't, they're married. He came to die. I mean, he did. And so we, we come back to this. It says, Jesus came to earth so that we, listen, so that we could once again know God as Father. That's why Jesus came to this earth. Is so that we could know God as Father. Now, Father has a, that's a word that carries all kinds of good and bad and mixed emotions. Some people have had great relationships with their father. When they think of father, they think of nothing but good. Others have had no father in their life. So to them, father means absent and abandoned. Or maybe there's people that have had abusive fathers. Maybe your father is on this earth. Maybe your earthly father is gone from this earth. I don't know. That word father means so many different things. But here's what I know. Jesus Christ Advented, He appeared. He arrived. He showed up so that we could know God as our one true Father. Because here's the thing about God the Father. His love is perfect. My love for my kids, not perfect. I hope someday that, that I hope that I'm, I'm training them and I hope we can have a good relationship as life goes on. I don't see any reason why not, but I'm not perfect. They have a perfect Father and it ain't me. It's God. They have a father who loves perfectly. I don't love perfectly. I try. I want to do my best. But I mess up. I fail. But God the Father loves them 
perfectly. Here's the thing. If you don't have a good example of what Father is, I want you to know that Jesus Christ came to this earth so that you could have the relationship with God the Father that He always wanted you to have. So that you could feel a love like you've never felt. So that you could feel a hope like you've never felt. So that you could feel secure and safe. And know that you are loved and cared for. And that there is somebody who thinks you are the absolute best. And believes in you. And has given you a plan and a purpose. Amen. Amen. For more information on New Covenant, contact us at 3318 5th Avenue South, Fort Dodge, Iowa. 50501. Or you can call us at 515-955-6222.